The Winding Stairs is made possible in part by AppliedFreemasonry.com, Masonic education for the modern Mason. Like the management philosophy called Kaizen, which focuses on achieving sustainable and progressive improvements in an organization, a lodge can make a commitment to improving ever so slightly, but continuously. Imagine improving your lodge experience 1-5% to in quality every meeting by making the lodge more efficient and the time spent in a state of communication more edifying. Even if your lodge seems to be far from that ideal, remember the wise words of Lao Tzu. The journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. You're listening to The Winding Stairs. First of all, I wanted to thank Brother Kevin Bach from Wasco Lodge Number 15 in Oregon for inspiring this topic. He sent me an email asking if I had any ideas on jump-starting some Masonic education in his lodge and district. And I, it, it led me to think, what are some possible small improvements that you can make that, as time goes by, can have a big impact on, on Masonic education? And every lodge is characterized by different kinds of of traditions different kinds of of styles basically and if if you if your lodge perhaps doesn't have as much masonic education uh, as you would like here are some steps that you can take that hopefully can help turn things around and improve the experience for everybody in my introduction i mentioned that we can begin making lodges more efficient and edifying and i'm going to separate my advice so i have six specific things that i want to share with you and three of them are going to be focused on efficiency and the other three are going to be focused on the edification that comes with it number one expedite the monotonous you know that our meetings tend to have a lot of items that can be tedious, they can be a little bit boring or monotonous. They can add extra length to a meeting unnecessarily. And expediting the monotonous is is one way in which we can improve uh, a little bit of the environment in the lodge. Now, although not necessarily directly related to Masonic education, improving the efficiency of your lodge proceedings is going to free up some time that can then be dedicated to Masonic education. So one of the obstacles that you'll face if you suggest adding some more Masonic education to the meeting, perhaps people may put resistance and say, our lodge meetings are going to be extended. It's going to be even longer than now. And one way to combat that particular objection is to then free up some time within the meeting by being more efficient. So how do you expedite the monotonous? First, you will have to make sure that you are following all the steps that are recommended by your Grand Lodge. Every single Grand Lodge is going to have a different prescription for what your meeting should look like. Um, your minutes 
the minutes of the lodge, they need to include certain items of the meeting. And it would be sometimes unnecessary to add too many details that are not mandated or not necessary for, for the reading of the minutes, for example. So removing the excess in, in this case of, of minutes, for example, or reducing the amount of, of detail that is included in, in some of it, perhaps being more economical with the wording, uh, being able to abbreviate certain things. And one thing I wanted to point out, there's a distinction between the reading of the minutes and the documentation of the minutes. If in the process of documenting the, the minutes, the secretary may go through a lengthier process or more may include a lot more details than necessary to read out loud in the, in the following meeting. But for clarity on this point, I would recommend that you go directly to your documentation. Uh, I'm sure your lodge secretary will have documents that explain what are the requirements of the secretary. And if he sticks to what those requirements are, perhaps he can help expedite, expedite some of the monotonous components like reading the correspondence or reading of the minutes, that sort of thing. Number two, errors cost time. If your lodge develops a culture that encourages perfection and efficiency in its opening and closing of the lodge, if very, you know, if brothers are encouraged to perfect the way in which they deliver their their lines through the different rituals, then you avoid having errors that perhaps can delay. You know, if you need the intervention of your marshal or your master of ceremony or or any other past master or informed brother about what the correct wording is or what the correct procedure that adds unnecessary intervention um, that could have been avoided if the brother took the time to review his lines or make sure that he knows the verbiage correctly. So one way in which you can improve the efficiency is by reducing the number of errors that happen within the opening and the closing of the lodge. Everybody should know their part. And that should go without saying, but many times, you know, I'm sure many of you can identify with this, you go to a lodge and then you have the principal officers of the lodge stumbling over their words and not remembering some of the, what comes next in the opening, or they don't remember um, the, the right order or the right words, or they get hung up on a word or a phrase. And this can definitely be reduced if, if these officers took the time to review what the procedure is, to review what their the verbiage and the wording is for their respective responsibility. The other way in which you can reduce errors is to have a succession plan. In an ideal year, none of the principal officers meet uh, or fail to go to a meeting. They go to every single meeting, right? But every year is not perfect. You will have situations in which you will have one of the officers has to travel, has to do something else, family needs to be tended to, and they have to skip one of their meetings. By having a succession plan, you can reduce the costly errors uh, of someone, who, you know, putting someone in their place who perhaps doesn't know the words. So it would be a good idea if you have a designed or a designated replacement for each role. 
ideally it's the preceding role. So the replacement for the senior deacon should be the junior deacon. So in addition to the junior deacon learning his words and learning the procedure, he should be looking forward and learning and practicing and studying the part of the senior deacon. That way, in the event that the senior deacon cannot make it to a lodge, they can easily move up the chain and and perform perfectly, thus reducing errors in the in the procedure. The third way in which you can start small by reducing uh, or improving efficiency will be the proper use of the gavel. The efficient use of the gavel keeps the meeting moving forward. And to bring efficiency to the standard procedures of a meeting, the worshipful master needs to be on top of his game. Now, this doesn't mean that in a rude way, you're going to shut everyone down who is taking too long to explain a point. What I what I suggest is that they, they're very conscious of the time that is being taken up by matters that perhaps could have been discussed before, could have been elaborated previous to the meeting, and, and are adding unnecessary length to the meeting. Now, when I was writing this and I was researching, uh, one thing came to mind and is uh, Dave Allen's process of getting things done. It's a productivity method that helps people be more expedient in, in their day-to-day work. And one of the things that he suggests doing is whenever you're going through a lot of paperwork or you're going through a lot of correspondence or things like that, you can choose three things. Um, tasks can be deleted, they can be deferred, or they can be delegated. And I think that this was very uh, pertinent for application within the meeting itself. And here's the example. If we go with the point of deleting... Uh, having discussions that add no value to the meeting and that are not mandatory by the requirements prescribed by the Grand Lodge, those perhaps could be deleted. Uh, perhaps if a discussion goes on a tangent and it, it just becomes something that's not contributing positively to the conversation, it may be necessary for the master to wrap his gavel or bring to the attention of the brethren that that doesn't need to be discussed in in the meeting or that it could be done uh, at some other time, uh, which com- brings us to the second point, defer. If it's not a pressing matter or it's something that needs further investigation or development, research, it can be deferred for another time. So it can it's a discussion that can be tabled, perhaps. And this is if your intention is to include Masonic education. Now, for those of you who may want to take on the responsibility of of giving some Masonic education presentation or, or anything like that, I would recommend that you do not spring it upon your worshipful master without previous consent. So make sure that you are part of the plan, that you're not um, just whenever the, the master is asking for, you know, old business or new business or for the good of the lodge, don't spring a surprise presentation because um, that, first of all, is inconsiderate of his leadership and his schedule, but also it, it can add a little bit of discomfort to the whole to the whole process. So 
uh, bringing that forward to your worshipful master, I think it's a smart idea. So if deleting and deferring is maybe not the, the right thing, then delegate. You, you know, the worshipful master has the capacity to form uh, committees at his pleasure. So he can establish a committee to further investigate or research a topic and then bring forward more succinct explanations of the options for the brothers to vote on. So that is one thing that adding efficiency to that component alone, to being able to form committees that go out after the meeting, get together uh, either over the phone or Skype or whatever method they use, they can discuss what are some of the options, do their research, and then come prepare to the meeting to give a presentation and perhaps bring things up for a vote. As Masons, we are given working tools with the intention that we put them to work in our lives. But unfortunately, many lodges focus their energy on the administrative aspects of the fraternity at the expense of Masonic education. That is why I developed the Applied Freemasonry program, an online course platform for Masons by Masons. Get access to exclusive lessons that will help you put to work the true lessons of our craft. To learn more and to reserve your space, visit AppliedFreemasonry.com. Now, the next section of, of suggestions for how to start small in jumpstarting your Masonic education is the edifying component. And when I talk about edifying, is bringing content that it's going to build up the lodge, that is going to add value to the time spent within your lodge room. So the first one in the edifying component, so this would be one, one, two, three, the fourth uh, the fourth tip, it you can have a symbol of the night. What I mean by this is that you can have, you can select a Masonic symbol, do a brief research, or have a brother do a little research about the significance and the origin of a symbol, how it can be interpreted based on, you know, different aspects of, of the craft. It's symbolism, the esoteric component. Um, so that could add a lot of information that would be interesting both for a newer member of the lodge, but it could even be interesting for a, an experienced or seasoned uh, brother of the lodge. Perhaps they've never seen that symbol interpreted in that way. Or if they have, they might not know where that interpretation is shared. So if you were to find a document or a book that you can reference and explain, well, uh, Albert Mackey describes it like this, or you can have Albert Pike, or you can have Albert Pike uh, explains it this other way. And those are very interesting ways in which you can present the symbol of the night. Now, this doesn't have to be an exhaustive research. It doesn't have to be an exhaustive paper that is going to take a long, long time to present. This could be as simple as a three to five minute presentation. Another suggestion within the symbol of the night, you can delegate this to a younger entered apprentice. 
they're studying some of the symbols. They're going through some of it. You could have them give a presentation based on where they are in their Masonic journey. That could be eye-opening for a lot of the brothers. Uh, even older brothers who have been members of the craft for a long, long time uh, may find this beneficial to see the symbolism through the eyes of a young entered apprentice. And it could go either way. You can also have a past master that perhaps doesn't have a other responsibilities in the lodge. Maybe he's not a part of the of a committee or the chairs. And you may want to activate them again and bring them in to give a small presentation about a symbol. The second edifying suggestion, you can have a historian's minute. And this one comes from personal experience. One thing that I'm doing at Orange Blossom Lodge is within my responsibilities of being the lodge historian, I'm doing some research. I'm looking through the minutes, uh, our old original uh, books, and I'm finding information that I think is interesting that we never discuss in lodge, things that could surprise brothers, things that could inspire them to put themselves in the shoes of the brothers that were here in the late 19th century. So I take, just like I mentioned before, three to five minutes to just give a brief presentation of what I've discovered recently within my research. I have to give credit to uh, Worshipful Jim Fisher, who has done a lot of research and has uh, prepared documents, and he even participated in the creation of a small booklet that included a lot of this information. We, and there have been other brothers that have collaborated in the research, but it is a fun, short, and interesting Masonic education project, basically, that can be a catalyst for future conversations. One thing that I have experienced personally is that whenever I give one of these presentations, inevitably, there's a brother that stops me outside of the lodge and engages with me in further conversation about what I discovered or what I found in the, in the books, and they can contribute some more details to that. The third and final suggestion in the edifying uh, category would be to read a, a small paper, a short talk. And, a, you know, a very good resource for, for this is the Masonic Services Association of North America. They have a collection, a vast collection, of decades and decades of publications from all over, the, all, all over North America. So you have papers from lodges in every state that perhaps tackle some issues that your lodge may be experiencing. And these papers are so varied that they can encompass anything from religion and masonry or religious influence. They can talk about esoterics. They may talk about membership, retention, uh, appendant bodies, you name it. You can find something there and... I'm going to add links in the show notes for, for you to go find out different papers. And what you can do is either read them yourself or delegate this to a brother who can read one of these short papers uh, during the meeting. One thing that usually happens with Masonic education, whenever nothing is planned ahead of time with, en with enough preparation, 
then it is easy to go and just read a portion of the of the Masonic Digest or read something from the Masonic Etiquette booklet. But here is another resource that takes you away from your lodge. It takes you away from that ecosystem of your lodge and, and puts in perspective what other brothers have experienced in the past and what they've learned f by that. So I think that would be a very, very good resource for you to use. Again, you will find the links in the show notes. But I hope, uh, you know, in, in, in summary, before I let you go, I'll show you very quick. We have in the efficient component, expedite the monotonous, shorten the length of time that some of the things that have to be done take. Errors cost time. Try to avoid errors as much as possible to improve the efficiency and the flow of the meeting. Third, use the gavel. Make sure that the worshipful master is being very mindful of the time that he is helping the meeting go forward and freeing up enough time so that the Masonic education is not neglected. The fourth, have a symbol of the night. Short presentation about a symbol, its meaning, and its influence in real life. Number five, historian's minute. You can have the historian or a brother who has an affinity for Masonic history to stand up and give a short three to five minute talk about history. And number six, short talk bulletins. You can go to MSANA, and, which is the Masonic Services Association of North America, and find a pertinent document or paper that you can read in Open Lodge. I hope that you found some of these suggestions useful, that you can take these to heart. I encourage you, encourage you to actually put these to practice. Find a way to share these with the lodge officers and, and have them Im implement this into the meetings. I think it can have a great impact in the satisfaction that the brothers can get out of lodge. Um, like I usually tell brothers, you want to make sure that when brothers leave a meeting, they can go home feeling that the time they spent in lodge was really, really worth it. And that they can take something home that they can put to practice in their personal lives and actually put to work their working tools. A special thanks to Billy Mays III for the amazing music he's lent for this episode and many of the episodes that are coming up on The Winding Stairs and The Gentleman's Brotherhood. So if you enjoy the music at the beginning of this episode, I encourage you to check Billy Mays' work out. Infinite Third is his artist name, and you can find him at infinitethird.com. Finally, I want to say thank you to all the supporters on Patreon. They get early access and sometimes for the episodes of the winding stairs they get some bonus content some behind the scenes uh, they can even get some real in-depth behind the scene recording editing researching that i do for the winding stairs so if you're interested in learning how to be part of our supporters go to the slash support and also a special thanks to my team of researchers and writers of the winding stairs uh, these brothers really make this possible. They've actually helped compile the information that I put, the links that I share with, uh, with all of you, and it is very valuable to me that they spent some of their time 
contributing in this manner. Among these brothers, we have Robert William Marshall, we have Brother uh, Justin Miller, Jacob Barnard, Kevin Swartz, among many others. But these uh, in particular, they actually had a hand in sharing some of these concepts with you, so I thank them very much for that. If you want to be a part of this team of researchers and writers, just send me an email. Go to uh, thewindingstairs.com and go to the contact station or send me an email to Juan Sepulveda at thewindingstairs.com. We can use all the help that that is available. And, you know, I, I feel very satisfied that we're actually putting some content out there that ideally has an impact on the lodge experience of many brothers. So, as always, thank you for listening. And until next time, may your steps be firm and your path illuminated as we continue our journey up the winding stairs. As Masons, we are given working tools with the intention that we put them to work in our lives. But unfortunately, many lodges focus their energy on the administrative aspects of the fraternity at the expense of Masonic education. That is why I developed the Applied Freemasonry program, an online course platform for Masons by Masons. Get access to exclusive lessons that will help you put to work the true lessons of our craft. To learn more and to reserve your space, visit AppliedFreemasonry.com.